Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. Firstly, we've got to you know, maintain our performances. Our performances have been fairly consistent. Probably, you know, our performances have been more consistent than our results for a number of reasons. The more teams that are fighting for, for the title, I think it makes it more watchable. I think it makes it more excitable for people on the outside. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Good evening. As we get back to the domestic football, Barry Ferguson's been brilliant in the World Cup qualifiers. We're in a great position. But tomorrow at three o'clock, there's some brilliant games here in Scotland. Yeah, it's a, a, a brilliant card, Paul. First again, second to Ibrox. Obviously, Celtic travel to a, a difficult place at third part. I think Mother will have had a terrific season as well. Disappointing result last week against, uh, a couple of weeks, sorry, against Hearts. But some great games tomorrow. Really, really looking forward to it. And how long will Stephen Gerrard be at Rangers? If you listen and read Barry today in the record, Mark, he's staying here for at least another year. He's not going to Newcastle. He sounded really firm on it. Yeah, but what we do know is that Stephen Gerrard has gone on the record today to make that clear. We do know that Steve Bruce will be in charge at the weekend for his 1,000th game and congratulations to him uh, for that. But when the Newcastle owners, Paul, decide who they want as manager, as I said the other night, they will get that person. They will get because money is no object. It could potentially be the biggest budget in the world. And therefore, whether it's Steven Gerrard, Antonio Conte, Brendan Rodgers, they will get their man. What does it tell us about Steven Gerrard then, Barry? You said today, you said the other night, he's not going to go. And you really believe that totally firmly now? Yeah, I, I think he's got a career plan. Um, I think, listen, he had a successful season, obviously winning the, the league title. Um, I, I think he, he knows that he needs to um, win more trophies I think he's got unfinished business at, at Rangers and that's why I believe that he'll be the Rangers manager for the next season or two listen we know where Steven Gerrard's not going to be here for forever um, You think but, another year maybe? Yeah it could be even another couple of years um, but look we, we know Rangers know they're not going to have him um, for much longer than that he is going to go at some stage but Honestly, believe a hundred percent he will remain as Rangers manager this season. In England, as we all know, as football fans, all eyes and ears have been on Newcastle and the takeover by the Saudis and uh, Amanda Staveley. There, she met the manager Steve Bruce the other day. The word was he'd be leaving, but he's not. He's there in time for the game at the weekend. And there was uh, you were touched by the media conference today. We'll speak about that in a minute. But for Steven Gerrard, he spoke about it as well at the Rangers media conference today. He was asked about the speculation about Newcastle. I don't really react or get involved to any kind of speculation, especially when there's someone who I have the utmost respect for is sitting in that job uh, that the speculation's about. For me, uh, I'm in a very big job and a very big role here that I'm very much fully focused on. And um, we've got a top of the table clash at the weekend. And um, it's a game I'm very much looking forward to. Um, but I've certainly got one eye on, on Newcastle in terms of seeing Brucey get his thousandth game. Great character of the game, someone who... 
I've got a personal relationship with and the utmost respect for. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him um, get his thousand game. I think it's a, a mammoth achievement. So congratulations to him at the weekend. Quite a few verys in there. He's very sure. He's not yeah, going. Yeah, but in terms he? of Steve Bruce, I've been watching Sky Sports all day. The managers obviously do their interviews and in the respect they've got for Steve Bruce as a manager, you don't get to 999 games if you're not a good manager. Not just a good manager, what a player he was as well for Manchester United, him and Gary Pallister. What a, a double act they were. Uh, and it's been a tough week for him, no doubt about it. Um, the, the media speculation has been non-stop since the, the Saudis took over. Um, but listen, I thought his interview today was was great. Um, it's not about Steve Bruce. It's about Newcastle as a club and his players making sure that he was preparing them right to try and get a result against Tottenham on Sunday. It's all about what happens this weekend here in Scotland. Rangers against Hearts, first against second. Three o'clock tomorrow, we're building up to that. We'll hear more from Stephen Jarrod speaking about the game. And just along the motorway, Motherwell against Celtic. Another great tie there at Fair Park. We've also got Hibs against Dundee United. Hibs are very much in the mix as well, near the top. Ross County against St Mirren. St Johnson against Livingston. And then a six o'clock experiment, Dundee against Aberdeen. Why is it an experiment, Mark? I think it's well obviously both clubs uh, American owned and um, you know they, they want to try that market they believe that it's something they can tap into so the 6 o'clock kick off um, you know takes it away from the, the traditional 3 o'clock and opens it up to the American market where you know a lot of their kind of big cities over there you know run 6, 7, 8 hours behind so it'll be a kind of mid to, to late morning kick off whether it works or not Paul I don't know the American owners will have contacts that they can tap into um, but by all accounts as well the the Aberdeen supporters, at least two and a half thousand travelling yep. down to, to Dens Park tomorrow night. So for both clubs, it's a big game. Big, big game. Dundee, bottom of the table. Aberdeen without a one in eight or nine. So cracking 90 minutes there. Yep, it's an experiment because it's television for America. We'll see what happens, but still no game on the TV at three o'clock. Are you happy with that, Barry? Three o'clock on a Saturday, do you think it's the right decision? Because apparently only England, Scotland and Macedonia were the only countries in the world where we don't allow teams to play at three o'clock. On the telly live, yeah, I, I like that. That's what I was brought up. Of course, three o'clock yep. Saturday at three o'clock. That's when for me football should be played. But um, should it be on telly live? Do you think, or would that affect? Would it affect your crowd tomorrow? You've got a great game, uh, Aloe against Peterhead. Maybe, maybe affect smaller clubs. That maybe a um, a point that you you've put across there. Uh, I, I just like football on a Saturday at three o'clock. Should it be in TV at three o'clock? I, I don't see why not. But listen, the the big. TV, um, likes the sky, they, they run the game, they decide um, when they want to put the, the football on. They say who, they say where, they say when. Yep. It's great to have the, the games on tomorrow, isn't it, Mark? Yeah. It's so unusual. We're going to hear from Ange Postacoglu in a second or two. But Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, it sounds, look, Paul, see if you look at the fixtures, the way that, that they've been put out this season compared to previous seasons, I think Sky are possibly in a bit of a huff with Scottish yeah. football. Yeah, you look at it. Why? There's a... a, a I don't think they felt they get the proper cooperation um, from Rangers at times when Rangers were champions and different things. I, you know, I just think that we kind of maybe just feel that SPFL could maybe be more engaging. There's been criticism that the, the amount of money that Sky uh, are paying to Scottish football, as in they feel that Sky are getting it cheap. But by the way, whatever you think of what they're paying, without the Sky money, mm. their game's in trouble. So the criticism of Sky thinks really unfair. But I think there's there's room for a coming together with our big clubs and Sky and, and SPFL hierarchy to get round the table because normally Motherwell v Celtic 
is on the telly. The away games are always on the telly when the old firm, you know, the, the, the Sunday afternoon. So it looks to me as though relationships between Sky and our governing body are not what they should be. He's up for it, you can tell, Barry, because he's hammering the desk already and we're only five minutes into the show. <laughs> Mark Guidi, <laughs> yellow card. If you, if you look at the yeah. schedule tomorrow, there's four tasty games there. Yeah. Four tasty games. Him, Dundee United, I think, will, will be a cracker. Of course. Yeah. Obviously, Muddle, um, Celtic travelling to Muddle, Rangers Hearts, Dundee Aberdeen, two teams that are, are struggling. It's like cup final for yeah, both managers, isn't mean, it? Dundee yeah. need a, a victory and so the Aberdeen sure. with the, the, the backing that Stephen Glass has, has got. So, yeah, I'm surprised that out of the four games that I mentioned, not one's on TV. St. Johnson Livy, which was the League Cup final last year. Some yeah. breaking news, UEFA won't take further action against Sparta Prague after investigating the, I'm going to say, discriminatory incidents, it says potential, from last month's Europa League clash with, with Rangers. So the young fans were there with some adults, some of the booze going on. Banners as well. Horrible, absolutely. Yeah. Disgusting, but UEFA they've done it again, Barry. They're, they're bottling it. They say the Scottish champions uh, complained after Glen Camara was booed throughout the match. European's football governing body says there insufficient evidence of racism to open disciplinary proceedings. Home fans were banned from the stadium due to a previous racist incident, but ten thousand school children were admitted, with a number of them accompanied accompanied by adults. They're making a mockery of the whole thing. They're washing their hands. And they're just not interested, are they, Barry? But, People go on about UEFA. I know we need to protect it away from the Super League breakaway. They're a shower. But, but, Paul, I, I watched Sky Sports News maybe pretty much all day Wednesday yeah. on the back of Scotland beating the Pharaohs and then yesterday. And just about every other story for a few hours on Sky Sports News was about racism uh, yeah. and bigotry. The, yeah. the, the chanting at the, the, the international games as well. Was it an England under-21 player or a Sweden under-21 player? Swedish. All sorts of different things um, yeah. going on. Was an incident in the Poland game. Yeah. We'll then get that. Uh, we'll then get our own Scottish football. There's been a couple of complaints made. Airdrie, uh, yeah. Ross County, the United. Again, insufficient evidence. Is this phrase that's now coming back um, more and more? So look, the bottom line is all around Europe, there's far too much of it going on. But how do we sort it? It's a long, long road ahead. Societal, isn't it? Yeah, it uh, is. Right, we'll get down to the football uh, and on a night when Brian Loudrop is in town for a dinner, who's your greatest ever Rangers player? And Celtic fans, the greatest ever. Or your own club, whatever your club is. 0808 17 17 700. Brian Loudrop, Barry, did you ever see a better player? A more yeah, I, I was gifted. lucky enough when I went in full time at, at 15 and uh, I trained with the first team and obviously Brian Loudrop, two guys stood out like a sore thumb. Brian Loudrop and Paul, Paul Gascoigne. Yeah. Two of them were um, just some of the things they'd done with a football, mm. even in training. You were just wow. Um, fantastic player. Um, were they similar characters as well, Barry? <laughs> total polar opposites. Yeah. Uh -huh. polar Brian Loudrop was reserved. Yeah, in he Gaza was. was, he was Gaza. But, I mean, uh, I, I, Brian I was loved like, a night out in Gaza, was always in the house, uh, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was actually shocked how big he was, how big a frame he had, mm. Brian Loudrop. Until you actually stand beside him and realise, I mean, he's six one six, six two. Mm -hmm. um, but what 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 a player, what a player he was, and it's great that he's he's back in Glasgow tonight. Um, and uh, Jim White's hosting it. Yeah, who joined us the other night? Jim's yep. tuned in at the moment. Jim Brian Loudrop will be there. That'll be a special moment. Those two back together again after that interview years ago on Scott Sport when Jim said, "Why are you so good?" <laughs> <laughs> that was a great interview. It's funny they hey, at least they remember him for it. But see, yep. you think Paul back in those those days yeah. when we were doing interviews whether it was radio telly yep. newspapers I mean I think Jim's just got up 
chat Brian's front door at Helens where we were can I come in Brian I okay in you come, You think back in those days uh, you know now yeah. you've got walls and walls and layers and layers to get through before you can get a, a, a one to one it was at the hotel one. it was wandering but around the grounds is that there? what it was yeah, and, the, and, and the there, there, there. Yeah, but yeah. fair play to Whitey and uh, you know 25, 30 years on he's still getting the big interviews go say it again what did they say what, what did I say? Oh, no, so I good? can't do it again. We're out tomorrow. So so, uh, why are you so, so good? good? That was a question. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. So, <laughs> listen, we've, uh, we've all done it. The cameraman, I remember, was known as Shaky. I was like, Shaky, he's the cameraman. The guy could... <laughs> but, right, let's get down to tomorrow to the football itself. Let's hear from Ange Postacoglu. So last month after the international break, Celtic had the news that Callum McGregor was out, Kyogo, and they had a tough month. But this time round, it's better news. Here is the manager. Yeah, this one was just a, yeah, a little bit calmer. Um, not to say I didn't light a couple of candles every time the boys played, but in terms of here at Lennox Town, you know, we could do some real good work with guys like Carter Vickers and Jota, who in the last window really just had a couple of sessions and we threw them in. We could do some training into them and, and also allowed us to do some work, you know, along with uh, Michael Nicholson, just some forward planning stuff in terms of January, in terms of, you know, the, the structure around the football department. So it was just good to, to work um, through that period on, on a number of fronts. We're going to go to Craig shortly, maybe just after the break, because I see the time is racing on. Because, Barry, how big is this game for Celtic tomorrow? They can't allow the gap to increase with Rangers. Yeah, it's a potential banana skin, um, Paul. The, the, the only good thing, I, I go back to my career when went to Fir Park to play. The surface was never great, but it's like a bowling green now, mm. uh, Fir Park. Uh, so that that will suit Celtic. Um and the, the good thing for Postacoglu is Callum McGregor only played 20 or so minutes on Tuesday night against the Faroes, so he'll be pretty fresh. Um, Kyogo obviously come through the, the international games with Japan okay. Um, so it looks to me if he's got a clean bill of health, which he'll be happy with. But that's going to be a tough one. Celtic really need to be on, be on it because um, Motherwell are a good team at home. They're tough to break down. Mark, here's the squad update. I mean, all the internationals um, got through it sort of unscathed, which is uh, which is good. So they're all back. I've got the last of them back today and, yeah, trained. So uh, all the internationals have come through it okay. Guys who are in rehab, Juranovic is still getting to the tail end of his rehab. The other ones are sort of longer-term ones, Julian Forrest. Mikey Johnson's available, which is good. Aside from that, uh, the rest of the boys, you know, just worked hard over the last 10 days. Guys like, you know, Jack and Marcus and a couple of others who've missed a bit of preparation. So um, from that perspective, yeah, they they were available, but they're in better condition now. Celtic fans will be asking, what's the best to line up for Celtic defensive-wise? Hey, well, he's got, you know, he's got options. Um, I think the options could be improved upon. And, and, and what came out of that for me, uh, they're probably interesting line is, Ange Postacoglis and he sat down with Michael Nicholson who's the acting chief executive yeah. and put forward plans for January so therefore that indicates that the acting chief executive is going to be acting for quite a period certainly through into January and the manager's already made it clear um, what he wants and he's spoken about backroom staff um, as well so there's, there's improvements to be made and clearly the manager has told the hierarchy what improvements he wants to be made and um, you know you've probably found out what kind of money is uh, available too. So when you look at it and you assess it for tomorrow, Celtic on sixth place mm. in the league, albeit it's tight, but Motherwell on fourth, Celtic thirteen points, Rangers nineteen, Motherwell and uh, fourteen. So as we've said, it is a massive game uh, tomorrow. Celtic have struggled on the road, but their last game on the road was a victory. They dug in uh, when Aberdeen get back to one one. They, they showed good character and resilience to get a winning goal. But tomorrow, I think, will be a tougher test. 
than what Petordry threw up to Celtic a couple of weeks ago. And if Celtic are not on it, then they won't win the game. Barry, how many players do you think he needs in January to be a real threat for Rangers? That's a, a, a tough question. Um, and I guess it'll depend on how they settle over the next few weeks yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. But the defenders. Clearly, we're in mid-October yep. and he's thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. And that's what you've got to do. Uh, January's always a tough window, Paul. Um, you're either getting players in January who ain't playing at their, their club um, or they fell out of favour. So you don't know if you're getting them bang on the button in mm-hmm. terms of fitness-wise. Um, but listen, it's clear that he's um, he's got a clear plan that he wants to bring more players in. He wants to strengthen the squad. And you need to have a, a strong squad when you're at a, a club like Celtic. Because um, you can get injuries. Because they, 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 they suffered, for me, when Kyogo and Callum McGregor were injured. They had no replacements for them. They two were... were massive players two of the most two of the most important players absolutely aren't they Mark and I, yeah. I guess when Callum McGregor was on the bench the other night Celtic fans would be would be happy yeah um, you know Barry said just getting that wee 20 minutes uh, to come off so it's just enough to keep him ticking over I thought he was superb uh, against Israel and as I say I think he's been superb for Celtic all season he was superb for Scotland and Austria so he is a major part of the team I think he's filled Scott Brown's jersey uh, with these Callum McGregor I think he's been absolutely uh, brilliant he's missed a chunk of the season but I'd say so far I'd probably say he's been the most consistent player um, in the country in terms of level uh, of performance uh, but I th- still think that that's an area that Celtic need to be looking at as a middle of the park Paul the engine room um, really go and get in because you might want to release Callum McGregor up one again mm-hmm. to, give, to, to give that option so the engine room Defensively, depending on what happens, if, if, if Julian comes back and potentially another centre-forward, if, if Postacoglu doesn't think that Ajeti's up for it or Giamakis is maybe struggling a wee bit. Um, so there, there's, there's, there's a couple of ifs and buts, but um, it will need to be addressed if Celtic want to go and win the league. I don't think they can win the league with the current squad, but with a couple of really good additions, Celtic get the potential to become champions in May. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. If you're off to the match tonight, don't forget to Hamilton against Partick Thistle. Big game there. Who do you fancy in that one? The Jags against the Aggies. Oh, I, I, I like both managers. I like Stuart Taylor at the Aggies. I like Ian McCall. Um, okay, score, <laughs> score, score, draw, Paul. Both, both not in the best of form. Sorry, results why I don't know about yeah. the form, but results why he's not too good. I'm going to go for a Desmond two-two tonight. Barry, what do you reckon? Yeah, I need to watch what I'm saying. I've got a player in loan. Ian McCall was really yeah. good to give me one of his players on loan, who's been great for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I, I think it's got a draw written all over the top. Yeah. Yep. Craig, what do you think? We're just going to speak Rangers in a second or two. But Craig and Cumbernauld, what's your scoreline? Hamilton against Partick Thistle. Uh, well, I will be watching it. I think I, I'm with Barry. I think it's got draw written all over it. Um, although I don't think it will be goalless. I think there'll be a couple of goals. Couple of dr- goals in it. Here's Stephen Gerrard. The squad update after the internationals. Squad update is Kamar Roof is in transit. We we've had contact. We've obviously spoke to him. Uh, we're hoping to have him available tomorrow, but he'll certainly miss today's session because he's still travelling back. But we have the medical team waiting for him later on, who who will look at after him and, and assess him and make sure that he's he's ready for tomorrow's game. Uh, Ryan Kent is is very close. We're looking to have him back with the squad sometime after the weekend in terms of training. And then we'll obviously see how he goes from there. 
Uh, Ryan Jack's not too far away as well. He'll be a couple of weeks back with the team, which is which is good news. Um, so yeah, we're in we're in real good shape, and all the internationals have come back safe and well. We're just obviously waiting for Kamar. After that late late game, Barry, that sounds good news. Do you think he'll start tomorrow? Yeah, well, different with the medical staff waiting on him yep. coming off the plane. Brilliant. He'd be a modern day footballer, yep. but he'll the, the masseurs and the doctors will be waiting on him, making sure he's um, after the long haul flight. He's an important player. Came roof. I, I, I like him. I, I still think there's more to come for him. Um, he just needs to get a run of games because he, he'll go and play three or four games. He'll pick up a, a niggle. He'll miss a couple back again. Um, so hopefully Rangers, I, I can't see him starting. Um, but listen, that'll be up to Kemar Roof and, and Stephen Gerrard. I'm sure they'll have a chat later on in the medical. People will get back to the manager and, and let him know what sort of condition he's in. Rangers hearts tomorrow at three. Craig's on the line. We've got Barry Ferguson, Mark Weedy, Paul Cooney and Craig is on. Craig, can I ask you first, Brian Ludrup in town tonight. Who's your all-time favourite Rangers player or the best Rangers player? He might not be your favourite, but who's the one that you remember and think, wow, what a player? Oh, goodness, goodness me. Um, to be honest, um, I, I've got to say, um, I thought that um, I thought Ronald De Boer was a, mm. a, a terrific player. Um, and I thought in his time, we, we probably could have won even more while he was there. Um, you know, so in terms of best from mm-hmm. my time, he's, he's certainly yep. up there. Um, Ronald De Boer, yeah. On you go, you, you would um, I, say. I was, I was just going to say, um, you know, not a fan of that, but you know, the man sitting in the studio with you, Barry Ferguson, was certainly a hero of mine growing up because that passion and tenacity, players playing for the shot, that's what you like to see, um, and that was always for me one of the, you know, things that made him stand out as a an all-time great Rangers captain, in my opinion. Good, Craig. Yeah. Doesn't stop you giving him sticks sometimes. So I quite like yeah. that on the but on the phone. You mentioned. Yeah. Craig's just mentioned Ronald De Boer. I, I, I absolutely loved playing me, right. Ronnie. What was he like? Tell, give us an insight. He loved himself. Yeah. Listen, he was <laughs> never wrong. He was <laughs> never, never wrong. Had a few yeah. ding dongs with more than a few ding dongs with him, but just brilliant to play with. I, I felt we had a real good connection when we played with each other mm-hmm. as well. Um, and he came, to be honest, we, we got him for Barcelona. Mm-hmm. He, he had a knee problem when he came. He couldn't train every day. Um, he would train maybe two or three times maximum um, and I would love to have seen him 100% but what a footballer got on really well with him um, had the arrogance about him but mm. I, I loved yep. his arrogance I loved that I, I like that that's the, the kind of Dutch way but it's arrogance in a good way uh, they believe in themselves they've got a real belief but I've got to be honest with you love playing with him what a player I remember I've told Barry so yep. when, when we used to interview Ronald, you know, yeah, back in the day. So right. I think it's a 2002-2003 season when you when you've won the treble. Of Celtic have got to the FA Cup final, and you and Ronald are you're neck neck, and you at the goal score. Weren't you? I think we you know up around about 20 goals that right. season. Yep. Ronald was about 80 or 90. So Paul, the, the, so I'm not going to but make it very yeah. quick. No, good. So Craig will like this. So when the Sunday newspapers used to interview Ronald, and we we tippled. That Ronald, you know, he, he's, his ego and yeah. he, he didn't like Barry getting too much praise. He felt that oh, because Barry was Scottish yeah. that the press all favoured him and yeah. stuff like that. So we used to wind deliberately wind Kenny McDonald and all that. Yeah. Like Ron Scott would wind <laughs> yeah. up and say, um, So Ronald, you know, just how good's Barry been? 
this season, you know, he's got 20 goals, you've got, what, what 16, is it? <laughs> Ronald, didn't he, but, uh, yes, but uh, Barry takes the penalties. <laughs> and then before we can say it, then we've got that, and uh, I have got uh, 21 assists and Barry only has four. <laughs> and we just, and we just, we like, just but... to lure him in, it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But on Ronald, it was brilliant. And do you know what? Just a great person as well. Really mm. good with the media. I've got to know him. He's a lovely guy. And on, for me, Paul, covering football in, like, in the past 25 years, the best central defender I've seen in Scottish football in the past 25 years was his brother Frank, who came, that's his twin, sorry, yeah. came um, in January 2004 to get some football in ahead of the Euros. Probably only paid 15, 20 games for Rangers, um, Barry. But I thought, honestly, Frank De Boer and that world class. World, proper world class. Do you agree? But Frank? What a career. Yeah, I can't, yeah, yeah. can't disagree yeah. with that. Um, but just, just, uh, I'm just saying that story. That sums Ronnie up. That that's yeah. what it was like. Um, but a brilliant guy. Uh, one of the ones where, as I said, a lot of people, if you didn't know him, you think, oh, he's mm. arrogant. Yeah. And I, I like a gentleman, an yep, absolute gentleman. I liked that bit about him. He was real arrogance on the pitch. Um, he was demanding as well. That's one thing about him. See if you never fired the ball into him, or he wouldn't be shy and coming up. Hey, yeah. Ball you get, I want you talk about his ability yeah. he's left Barcelona to come and play for Rangers he mm. could have signed for Man United I mean that's the quality yeah. of level of clubs yeah. that he, mm. Sir Alex wanted him to go to Man United yeah wow. he told us he, he told us that plenty of times mm. don't worry <laughs> <laughs> on repeat Craig see what you started great chat what are you thinking for tomorrow Rangers Hearts I listen I think tomorrow's a, another one of those tough games you know with um, last time out found a way past the other side of Edinburgh um, against mm-hmm. Hibs and I think tomorrow we need to do the same like Hearts will be a, a tough nut to crack they usually are um, Do you think they'll go for it the way Hibs did? I think they will because uh, for me there's no reason not to you know they know that you know they're, they're one of the very few teams in that league that do have good enough quality in them to have a go and cause us problems um, and they identify that we've had some defensive Lapses in recent times as well that they look to exploit. So they will have a go, but I like that because it means it means it'll be a proper game. And I think you know the red card against Hibs probably denied us a bit more of that in that game. Although obviously we won the game, but I think it's important that we do win because it's one of those sort of rare weeks where we're kicking off at the same time as Celtic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think knowing that they're away to Far Park and the form Motherwell are on, you have to go into that game and get three points and then let Celtic Motherwell take care of itself because that I mean they could both fail to win tomorrow just as they could both easily win so you, you hope that you can get the win and they have a slip up um, at a tough away venue um, because I'd hate for them to slip up and then we've missed a chance by also dropping points as well um, which happened not so long mm-hmm. ago when we could win each at home with Motherwell so that's I think for me the importance of, of making sure we get three points tomorrow Have you got any worries about your manager you hear him today you'd see Barry there in the record this morning saying he's going nowhere not at the moment anyway but is part of you slightly worried that Stephen Gerrard might be the choice of Amanda Staveley and the Saudis well see this is a funny thing I might have a slight conflict of interest here because Newcastle happened to be my English team ah. and have been for many many years okay. um, yeah, since school yeah. trips down there and um, so I, I don't want him to leave Rangers um, and I, I personally don't think he will um, because to me I still think he's he's got unfinished business here. He wants to take us 
to the Champions League um, and he knows that mm-hmm. if he can clinch the title this year that's exactly what he'll get the opportunity to it, do so I can't see him doing that I think for me with whether it's Steven Gerrard or any manager first of all you know, whatever the compensation is for any manager if it's someone that's in work it's not a problem it's done and I think whether it's Steven Gerrard or anybody else if you are given the opportunity to sit down in front of the new owners of Newcastle and listen to what they've got planned and you're going to be stage one of putting that all together you're going to go I don't care who you are or which club you want but you know particularly if you're in with the greatest respect to Scottish football if you get the chance to go down and be part of something I know Steven Gerrard's dream job is Liverpool and I think he will manage there one day I don't think there's any doubt about that but if Newcastle sit you down and you are their preferred option I don't care who you are you're going you're going to take that opportunity Barry that's not your view no I honestly I, I think he's got a clear plan in what he mm-hmm. wants to do he's only 41 years of age he's still young he's still in the apprenticeship um, stages he's, he's managerial career and I still believe that he thinks he needs to win more trophies to go down now I understand their money's no object to Newcastle mm-hmm. but I think for Stephen Gerrard's career I think it would be a better for him if he stays up here for one more season because the jobs are going to come there's no doubt if he continues to be successful at Rangers jobs will be there for him Do you think he knew this was coming though when he said a couple of weeks ago that he's not spent a penny over the last two transfer windows? I think that was just putting a warning out of the board he yeah. might need signings in January And how will the, the board respond? Uh, I'm sure they'll try and back him there's no doubt that they have backed him yeah. if you sure. look over the, the, the piece in Douglas Park and his board of directors have been in They've always tried to back the manager. There's going to have to be creativity. Um, they have right. backed Stephen Gerrard and they've backed him tremendously well. I mean, you can't fault the Rangers board for what they've managed to do. Every penny, you know, and not just about the playing squad, as Barry knows. You look at the improvements at Auckland Howie, you look at the improvements at Ibrox as well, the facilities, the standards, the amount of staff that have come in, his backroom staff. So everything's been there pretty much mm. that he's asked for. But unless or someone comes in with money they're probably going to have to be creative so if you can sell whoever it's going to be a Morelos a Kent a Pat I don't know but you know if you're going to sell for 8, 10, 12, 14 million pounds whatever it may be and then you get some of that back to go and bring in one or two so you might think you know what ideally I don't want to sell player A or player B but if it allows me to go and freshen things up in other areas then that's sometimes as Barry knows sometimes that's what you've that's what you've got to do so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the window at both clubs because you know I, I think that it'll be fairly tight I don't see either club being miles ahead so we'll have a title race in January and both managers as Postacoglu said as well they'll be going to the hierarchy and saying I need A I need B and I need C if you don't get them for me you're on the risk of us not winning the title that'll be the clear message from Stephen Gerrard and Ange Postacoglu to both boards Here's Stephen Gerrard speaking about the games coming up because there's, what, seven games in the next uh, 22 game uh, days before the next international break. In an ideal world, I'm looking for this settled team to try and get people in, in a rhythm, to try and get the team in a better rhythm so we can try and find a level of consistency that will take us to where we want to get to. Being a real big challenge for, for all of us as a staff to, to find that settled team because we've had so many interruptions. Um, I think over the course of a season, I'll naturally try and offload and change 
to make sure that I try and keep, you know, all our best players as fresh and in the best form I can because I think it's unrealistic to expect the same 11, maybe 12, 13 players to go the whole duration of every game. I don't think that's right because at some stage during the season, different times, they'd all flag and they'd all hit a brick wall. So hungriest team to get the job done on the weekend or midweek. Absolutely. You need the squad. You need a big squad. They've almost got two players for every position mm-hmm. if they're all fit. Yeah, it's always yeah. good to freshen up. There's no doubt yeah. about it. He'd he done that last season, certainly. He never made sweeping changes, three or four changes from the Thursday night in the Europa League to the Sunday um, in the domestic league. Um, and then now you're just looking at Ryan Jack, Ryan Jack sorry, a couple of weeks away, big player for Rangers. A new signing, eh? Yep. Definitely been out for six or seven months, so it's been a, a long road for him. So I'm sure he'll be delighted. The manager will be absolutely delighted, as were the Rangers fans that he's in the way back. Ryan Kent, another who's missed the last three stroke four weeks, is going to be back training with the, the squad next week. Um, so look, things are looking up now. He's getting starting to get a clean belly health. And then in terms of, see, he's a player, see, in January, see when you see one or two players coming into the dressing room, mm-hmm. freshing things up. Then you know, listen, I need to be back on it. Then that gives you a bit of energy yeah. as well. So it's always good in the January market. But as I said, it's a tough market. It's a tough market, the January. Craig, what are you thinking? What are you going to see tomorrow? Yeah, um, well, t- I mean, tomorrow I think we'll, we'll see um, hopefully a bit more energy than has been in recent weeks. Um, but, um, I, you know, because I think one thing that's clear is that we need to really now start. Kickstart in, into gear. Um, you know, it's been a, a couple of months where they've, you know, we've got the job done in most occasions, but without a lot of style behind it. And that's that's the part we need to get, and obviously we need to pick up in in, in Europe as well, um, and, and get that kind of thing sorted. I, I wonder though if I could just ask the guys a question yeah. because we're talking about Stephen Gerrard there. Sure. If Gerrard was to go, who do you guys think would be the best man for a job? Do you think Derek McInnes, given he's a free agent at the moment, would be the right man to slot in there or would you go a different direction than that? Wow, Barry, I can imagine you'll hesitate to answer that because... Um, what time, know. everyone? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but Craig... I've, I've not even thought about Stephen Gerrard, actually, because mm-hmm. I, I honestly 100% believe that he won't go. Sure. But um, if he did? But if he did, look, it's a good shout. Derek had the, the opportunity Twice. before Stephen Gerrard... Uh, come in, it never happened for some some reason. Derek's still out a job, which I'm actually surprised about, because mm-hmm. I thought he'd done a fantastic job up at Aberdeen. Um, so it's a it's a no bad shout for for Craig. Um, we just need to wait until uh, we see what happens. But but I have no no doubt in my mind that he'll be here until at least the end of the season. Mark, if, uh, if pushed, hy- hy- hypothetically. Yep. I think Derek McInnes is. Oh, I've just stuck down my chair. Derek McInnes yeah. is a right good shout. <laughs> You've done a Brian Rice. I happened with Brian the other week. I think he's a right good shout. Yeah. But having Derek not Rangers back three, four years ago, would the Rangers board give him another opportunity? I don't know. But certainly the calibre that, that, that he's got, could Derek McInnes go and manage Rangers and be successful? Mm. I think 100% he would be, yeah. But the message from Barry is he's going nowhere. No amount of uh, oil dollars will get him to go to Newcastle. Just He's not going to leave just now, you reckon. And reading well, you today, you thought for a mentioned year. The word, I've mentioned yep. my word in the column. I think he's got unfinished business. Mm-hmm. I think he realises now he needs to go and win a double, a treble. Mm-hmm. And the Champions League, you're not going to get cha- that in Newcastle for some time. No, but listen, we've got a real opportunity this year if they win the league, they're mm-hmm. straight in. I don't think it's been 100% ticked off yet, but 
it looks that way. Whoever wins the league this year, straight into the group uh, group stages, forty million quid. Mark could be good news for Rangers fans. The fact that the speculation because it gives him leverage with the board, and the board have been great with him. Mm-hmm. We've paid tribute. He wants more money in the transfer window. So this yeah. could be good news for Rangers, the fact that his name's been mentioned um, about yeah, Newcastle. It, it puts him in a, a yeah. strong position. It, it gets him up there, as I say. You know, whether the interest is there that, that Newcastle, he, is he on their shortlist? Will they follow up? Or, or is it somebody else? Or are they going to give Steve Bruce a run? I mean, what the, the local reporters in Newcastle, at the mm-hmm. National Papers, and they've got a good insight. They're saying it'll be stage by stage Paul it'll be a gradual you know it's not going to be in January they're going to turn around and give the new manager 300 million quid to spend it's going to be a gradual process which is the right way to do it you look at the way Man City built they'll probably kind of follow that model um, in many ways but for Steven Gerrard he's made it clear in his press conference in public I have not had any money to spend in the last two windows so he's thrown the gauntlet down to the Ibrox board Craig thanks for the call the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, 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 go. The stories, thanks for the feedback there at the Go Socials when Barry was telling us about Ronald De Boer behind the scenes and, and Mark, they liked your impressions as well of the Dutchman Ronald De Boer. Celtic fans, who's your all-time favourite player of the Henrik Larsson line is 0808 17 17 700 because there's not that many would say anyone apart from Henrik Larsson those for the under what 50s it would be the king wouldn't it Henrik mind you the king was Kenny for those for the over 50s yeah, so 0808 uh, 17 17 Paul McStay was a hell of a player oh, as well Paul. he joined us in the Euros yeah. didn't he it was great to hear from him yeah. the maestro he was some player but he's ahead of your time I know he's a good yeah, bit older no, than but you I but was, yeah. I was still growing up obviously I was football daft um, yeah. Paul and Celtic at that, that time are struggling but Paul McStay stood out like a sore thumb um, what a football player he was what was the quality if, if you, uh, listen he could just do everything with a ball couldn't he he could run a game of football um, could pass it short could pass it long um, cup, come up with a goal every now and then the only thing that maybe surprised a lot of people with Paul McStay was he never played elsewhere yeah, but yeah, I know yeah. he had the opportunity because I remember when I was younger I think was it Italian teams were yeah. in looking at him um, mm. and English and yep. I, I know obviously because sure. of the, the quality he had um, but no he was he was some footballer but so was Hen- Henrik Larson. Sean who's your all time favourite Celtic player of course it's got to be Henrik <laughs> yeah <laughs> and a funny story as well I think yeah. we shared the same birthday as well right quite recently then wasn't it yeah what's yeah your... it was yeah what a player! What's your, what's your? Is there one game that you described to us? Something that Henrik Larsson did. Sorry, Barry, but it'll be the six-two game. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, definitely that that game, especially the two the two goals in Seville, it basically carried us through that whole Seville period. So do, 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 do you know what people forget? Yeah. Also, he suffered a horrendous, horrendous leg injury. Break. Leg break, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, yeah. that was mm-hmm. a yep. horrific yeah. injury. We, but he was one. See, when we played against Celtic, like Celtic were fully quality players. So was the team that I played in at Rangers. But he was the one that you knew of you, you had to stop. Um, and that was normally big, big Aussies, Aussies job <laughs> yeah. to, to stick the <laughs> Leave a bit on him. him. Leave <laughs> a bit on him. But listen, that's one thing about him. Always found. See if you left yeah. a bit on Henrik Larson, just jump up and go on with it. Mm-hmm. He probably came back even stronger after the leg break. Yeah, I think people said that. Um, Paul really broke his leg October, November 1999 when John Barnes was when John Barnes yep. cites that as the beginning of the end for him um, as Celtic manager. I mean, Sean says that 
you know, Henrik Larson probably carried Celtic, you know, to 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 Zavilla. I think that's, I think that's a bit unfair, Sean, on on the quality of the rest of the team. You know, Sutton Hearts and no, Petrov no, Lennon. Like, I think Larson was a superstar, but that was a proper yeah. that was a proper team effort. If you think back to to those games, so if you look at, for example, Liverpool yeah. at Anfield, you know, Steven Gerrard played for for Liverpool that night. You know, Lambert Lennon Petrov had a yeah. job to do to stop. Um, Gerard and others to, to allow Hartson and, and, and Thompson to go and um, sort of shine um, that night but to, as Barry will tell you Barry got to European Fellow Rangers yeah you can have one or two outstanding players but to do anything at that level it's got to be a proper team effort and it was but at the final I know what you mean Sean for that player he scored what two goals yeah. and not to get the two winner's goals, medal yeah. you did feel for Henry at last he must yeah. have thought what do I have to do to get to get the gold medal yeah he was yeah. phenomenal that night in yeah. fact, mention two of the players there. Sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were, what was that, watching the bill and all that at that point? Remember? And then Rangers fans turned it round afterwards because you won the treble. As It was some year, wasn't it? Oh, 2003. You mentioned, you know, Ronald De Boers yeah. and, and, and Henrik Larson. I mean, with the greatest respect to the current old firm setups, you think back to those teams, Paul, yeah. 20 years mm-hmm. ago, Dick Advocate, Martin O'Neill, Alec McLeish, Gordon Strachan's teams, even, do you think? I mean, my God. I Some mean, ridiculous players there. Pro- pro- I'm pro- telling pro- you, like, top end players. Yes. And as I, I mean, we've spoken about it plenty of times. Of course. You, you just rhymed off the, the Celtic midfield. Alan Thompson yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. You've got yeah, him. Maravchek as well. <laughs> Maravchek never knew anything about him until he came. And what was it? They spent £300,000 on him. What, yeah. what a in Germany. And then, like, Van Bronckhurst. The Rangers mm. team I played in, what a player he was, Claudia Arena, two guy, George Alberts, Arthur Newman, Boer, Newman, Moles, Oz Amarus, I could go on and on and on. I mean, see that late 90s, early 2000s. They, they players yep. in both of their teams. I, were see, I don't know, it's maybe, a, it's maybe a tough one for Barry to answer because he's part of it. But see, looking at it now, I've not, I've not looked at it in great detail, but it would be an interesting one to sit down and look at for both sides 20 years ago. Okay. At the start of, of, yep. of Advocate and, mm. and, and O'Neill. I really don't think outfield players. I really don't think any of them would, would, would get a sniff of that team twenty years ago. Let's have a look on at both that. sides. Yep. I don't think they get a sniff. Right. Paul, to be perfectly honest. Sean, what's your question? Celtic uh, getting ready for the match tomorrow with Motherwell. How are you feeling about it? You, you obviously yeah. pleased they're back, fitting well after yep. the internationals. Well, that was my, that was my, my main thing was getting everybody back fat after the last yep. international break. I feel. I feel a wee bit more at ease after the, the result at Aberdeen, but yeah. I feel as if it's going to be another another Cameron Coppy game tomorrow eh, with Motherwell. I feel as if they're going to they're going to come at us for the word go. It's going to be a, a physical battle like it was at Pataudry, but I feel I feel much more confident. I think we will get the result. I think we will. I think it'll be exactly the same. I think we'll, we'll probably win two one. Two only two one because I mean it's got the potential of a four three. Oh well, we've seen that before. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But hopefully we can keep it much tighter at the back mm-hmm. the manager was asked today about uh, now that they're back from the international break what about his own staff you know a lot's been said when you look there it's still the same bench as last year this was his reply you know I've never been one that being wedded with working with people that I have in the past if anything kind of enjoyed the you know going into different environments and working with different people it's not about you know the football staff here or the football department not just the football staff for me what's what was obvious as soon as I came in was that we needed to add people you know we've been, we brought in Anton in terms of our sports science and you know, he's been brilliant since he's come in not just with what he's been able to input but 
also helping the guys who already existing in the department, whether that's sports science or medical, because we were, we've been a man or two short in that area. And there's other areas that we're looking to sort of bolster up. I've always tried to bring in the best people possible and uh, irrespective of their backgrounds or whether I've worked with them or not, because I reckon when you go down that track, I'm limiting myself. So we'll cast net far and wide. We'll get the best people in. And that's what we need to do. We need to bring in more people to bolster up sort of the, the existing structure here. Do you think about that, Sean? Does it concern you? About the backroom team? Yeah, massively, yep. Massively. I think he needs a number two beside him. I get back to what we're talking about in the early 2000, 2000 era with Martin O'Neill. The middle man was John Robertson, and I feel as if that was a massive, massive help for a middle man going between the players and the manager. I feel as if Ange needs somebody, uh, somebody can, uh, not a shoulder to cry on, but somebody that he can vent his ideas across. Because we've actually never been told otherwise that John Kennedy's his number two. Gavin Strachan's his number two. They're just there floating in the background and we don't know if they actually are or they're, they're actually not. What I do know, Sean, is that Stephen McManus is highly rated by Ange Postacoglu. Now, that's a guy inherited, but I do know he is very, very highly rated by the manager. But I agree with the manager's yeah. point and what I've said. He should go and bring somebody else in. And I, and I don't mean that to the detriment of John Kennedy or Gordon Strachan. It's about improving what he has. And it's not necessarily about somebody's work with, as he said, but what he should be doing in the UK is casting his net far and wide and finding somebody in the UK that's going to enhance his coaching staff, bring a bit of freshness, bring something to... to just like Barry saying, you know, players walk into a dressing room in January, all of a sudden the current one's up in their game. So that's the same with backroom staff. So he should be looking, doing his homework and finding out three or four candidates, getting them in, interviewing them, because I, I think that would send a, a, a message um, in, in, in terms of what he plans to do. Um, but... I, as I say, uh, regardless of who he brings in or if he doesn't, I do know he rates Stephen McManus yeah. highly. It's, it's clear that he's he's doing that, but he's taking his time. Mm. He's wanting to obviously get people in. He started with the sport, sports science and medical department the last couple of weeks. He's obviously sat down with the acting chief executive mm. and, and went through stuff. So he, he's, it's clear to me that he's, he's in that process of bringing different people in in different departments. And that's what you need. You need people that you can't just go and bang, it happens overnight. You need to go and do your your due diligence and, and get get to know people, get to know their backgrounds. Sean, quick word about, let's say, Kyogo. Cheer up the Celtic fans before we head for the news. Sorry, what was that? I missed that much. You're looking forward to Kyogo tomorrow? Yeah, definitely. Well, that was my, my only kind of thing I was thinking about, maybe a curveball with what the manager would maybe do. But do you think he maybe played at Jackie Marcus, knowing that Kyogo's flew back um, I don't know when he actually came back but I'm maybe thinking do you think he maybe rest him and maybe give him maybe the last half hour Barry is giving a look oh, Barry he's too important I don't care I, don't I think if he got off a plane tomorrow at, at 12 o'clock lunchtime I yep. still think he would be he'd be on that pitch at, at 3 o'clock for, yep. for Celtic I think he's too important Sean I know he's travelled a lot but if you get a flatbed oh, my team every single week I'd, I'd, sure. I'd, I'd play him with one leg rather than a yeti <laughs> Breaking news, he, you're right, he will be there. He'll be on the flatbed on the way back, came on for 30 minutes. They won as well against Australia. But it is it's a long, long trip. But, uh, Mark, he'll start tomorrow, won't he? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be astonished if Kyogo doesn't start tomorrow. You've got to start with your best team, put a message out. The good thing about Giamakis, I would imagine, Sean, is at Celtic, Postacoglu and the backroom staff and the sports science and the fitness guys have had eight or nine days to really get to work on him. So, yeah, I would expect to see Giamakis at some point tomorrow, but not starting the game. Great call. Thanks, Sean. 
The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. So we're going through all the games for tomorrow in the Premiership. Hibs against Dundee United, Motherwell Celtic, Rangers Hearts, Ross County St Mirren and St Johnson against Livingston. They're all at three. And then Dundee against Aberdeen at six. Tonight, Hamilton against Partick and Edinburgh City against your old team, Barry Kelty Hearts. Top of the table. Yeah, and listen, it's... Obviously, I know Tomo who took over yeah. from me. Um, but one of my ex-Scotland teammates at Edinburgh City, Gary Naismith. Um, so... That will be a. I know they played earlier on in the season. It was a close one, um, so I'm sure guys will, will want to get one over um, Tomo, Hibs uh, and Hearts as well. Of course, the connection That's there. Right. Yeah, um, a so wee edge. I'd be surprised if it's not a wee bit feisty on the on the touchlines. Good. Tonight. But that's your, a good game. What about yourselves? Aloha against Peterhead, so... Yeah, they battered us at the start of the season, yeah. if I'm being honest with you. I'm, I'm not going to use excuses in terms of we were missing six, seven players that day. Um, we just weren't at the races. We got trampled over the top of um, They just outfought us and they deserved to win in the days, but... It'll be a different performance tomorrow. Jim McAnally, Cy Ferry and yeah, Cohen he's, he's town tomorrow. He's coming up in 10 years, I think, as manager. Right. Longest, longest seven, seven, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He knows the game, Jim. Um, I've come up against these teams over the last couple of years and um, they're, they're always hard games. Uh, he, he throws some crazy formations at yeah. it at, at times, but listen, he's been a job for 10 years at any level. I think it's a great achievement. Wait. And listen, he knows the game inside out, Jim. Three o'clock tomorrow. The two biggest games. So Motherwell against Celtic. And first off, let's hear from Stephen Gerrard. Rangers at home to Hearts. First and foremost, I think if you love the game and you love football like I do, I think I'm very pleased to see Hearts back in the top league because I thought they were very unfairly treated during the COVID days. And um, it's great to see them back. They've started the season ever so well. Robbie's done a fantastic job. I know he's got fantastic support staff there. They've got a good team. They've got a good players. And I think they've also recruited very well. And they've almost built on the, the confidence and the uh, consistency of last season and brought it into the Premiership. So no surprise that they've started well. But this is a game very much for me about us and my focus has been on us. We, we're on the back of a, a really top result just before the international break ourselves. And we're going to be looking to try and put some distance between us and Hearts uh, come five o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Huge game, Barry. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really yeah. looking forward, uh, forward to it. Top six are playing each other, bottom six are playing each yep. other. Um, listen, R- Robbie's done, I mean, he came in for some unfair criticism for me last season. He'd done what he had to do and that was win the championship. Um, a lot of people were going on about the football, wasn't it great, but at the end of the day, he got them back to the Premier League. But what a start to the season he's had and the way that Robbie's coming across this week, that hearts are confident. They come to Ibrooks and... and and get the three points. Um, but listen, it's a real opportunity for Rangers to go and lay down on a marker now and go four points clear of hearts by winning the game tomorrow. Mark, you were reading the paper as well. Barry was saying something that he said on here about Lyndon Dykes, that he should have been playing at Rangers. They should have moved in. Rangers or Celtic, you would have preferred it. Wrong, Rangers. The Rangers, I liked it. It was, good. it was a good line you had. He's Did a you do that, Headley? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah I, listen, yeah. I, I don't know if Mark agrees with yeah. me. I, I was just surprised when... We obviously knew he was going to be moving from Livingston yeah. that either Rangers or Celtic yeah. didn't take a sniff at him. How much was it? Just over a million pounds. Yeah, and, and also as well, Rangers or Celtic would have had it in the bag where 
they could have, you know, given a couple of loan guys as part of the deal. You know, yeah. you think of McCrory's been at um, uh, been at Levy yeah. and, and, yeah. and different things. So there would have been theirs to make it happen. But I think when you look at some of the money that 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 um, Rangers and Celtic have, have spent on squad players, and you've got to do that at times. Lyndon Dykes, uh, I think, was worth. I would have called it a gamble, but mm-hmm. certainly, you know, at a million quid to a million and a half with add-ons, I think he's worth a gamble. But you look at him now, and again, you just look at the quality, particularly mm-hmm. that finish um, for the Scotland's second goal on Saturday night, mm-hmm. the way he just attacked the front post, just got in front of the, the defender, and, and, and the finish uh, was brilliant. But on the 90 minutes tomorrow, what I think Barry's, but I think it's a fascinating 90 minutes in prospect. I agree with Robbie Nielsen. He should be confident going there. Robbie Nielsen, his staff and his players will believe that they can go to Ibrox and win tomorrow. Absolutely, because at the moment, yes, Rangers are top of the table, but Hearts are unbeaten in the league. I don't think Ibrox is, at the moment, as a fortress where you're really going in there scared. But Rangers can win tomorrow. For me, that that tells you that they are very, very... not eh, Sorry, not close. Close isn't the right word. But they are on track to retain the title if they win tomorrow. If Rangers can't beat Hearts tomorrow, mm. bearing in mind the form and that lack of spark that the manager's spoken about... Um, I think that suggests that it could be that Rangers are there for the for the taking and they need to do something in January. I go back to two weeks ago, Hibs coming to town and I was interested, sat down, watched the game, what way are Hibs going to come and take the game? Um, what formation are they going to play? They went with Nisbet and Boyle up top, Scott Allen in behind them and that was a clear intent that they were going to win the game. So the way that Hearts have been playing this this year has been three at the back, uh, three four three, real attack minded. Are they going to come and do the same thing? The way that Robbie's coming across is, yep, they are. They're coming to try and, and get the three points. So that's what makes it a brilliant game to be at and be involved in. If you if you're the manager of Hearts tomorrow, Barry, and looking at Rangers, and I know they're totally, so I'm not taking anything away from Rangers, but they've not been what they were yep. last year, which is understandable because mm-hmm. the heights were, were different class. So it was there was always going to be a drop. I think if you're a manager in charge of that Hearts team with the talent that you have middle to front surely you, you would go as well and line up say actually we can go and have a go we can go and get yeah, it I, I think game. that's what Hearts are going to do there's, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind about that with, with Boyce up top Barry Mackay um, guys like that who have come in the last three or four weeks and looked in fire um, and they're strong at the back as well Hearts for sure Suter um, Craig Gordon Craig, well, of course 15 year contract saw the headlines great line from Robbie Nielsen yeah. so yeah. I, I think it'll be a cracker I think it'll yeah. be a real ding dong a game they'll go for each other great and Liam Boyce didn't want to play for Northern Ireland yeah. this week he wants to be ready for the match tomorrow what about Celtic playing at Motherwell we're going in the lines in a second here is Ange you know you, you, you kind of discount them a little bit if you just say they're just a physical team because I don't think they'd be sort of in the top half of the table but just taking one single approach they've got some you know, real threats up front they're, they're well organised and you know, like most teams, I think they'll come well prepared against us to, to stop us. Yep, that's Ange Postacoglu. Jamie's on the line, a Celtic fan. Jamie, good evening. Good evening, Paul. Uh, I've a lot more confident now, obviously, because we've got the players' bags in. I've told you, we've got players coming back. And Mark Dwayne said earlier on, Ange Postacoglu's got options in there, and that really excites me. Yep. Probably the first time this season. Oh, definitely, Paul. The, the thing is, well, we know it's going to be a very difficult game at first part, but the slam we're looking forward to. If we go, if we go play the way we can play, I think we'll take two or three after the morning. Barry, the, the yep. only two he's missing is Julian and, and Forrest. 
and he's got a, a, a full squad to pick for. And he says the last couple of weeks. Um, but I think um, that is it the Czech, the Croatian boys out. Juranovic. Uh, yeah. Juranovic. Uh-huh. He's out. Uh, he's only one. So, but he's got a, a healthy squad, strong squad, and they need to go. They need to go and get three points. They proved two weeks ago at Aberdeen. Look, it wasn't a great performance, but see, at the end of the day, they come back down the road to Glasgow with what? The most important thing. Three points in the bag. What? You can win ugly. Jamie? Oh. Yeah. Who, who, who was the first caller on the this evening? Because he mentioned there's a big one for Rangers. Well, it's a huge one for us as well. Because if we could go on a run, if we go on a run a result, and that's what we're going to do. Our the excuses were basically got a fully fit squad back. I was looking back, Barry. This is the weekend where it changed for Celtic. They were the defending champions this time last year. Off to a really good start. So were Rangers. And this after this weekend, they could hardly buy a win after that. This is where it changed. Rangers went on the run and Celtic went on the slide. It'll be a big weekend. Yeah, as I said, for parts, certainly the way that Motherwell have performed this season. As I said, I know it was a disappointing result from at Tynecastle a couple of weeks ago, but I've got a good record at home, um, Motherwell, and I'm sure Motherwell will fancy their chances. Yeah. Tony Watt. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think Motherwell will go in to the game tomorrow with the exact same mindset that Hearts have got going to mm-hmm. Ibrox, and particularly with them being at home. I thought, yeah, but they've got uh, you know, Van Veen, Van they've, they've got Tony Vaught, they've, they've got really good options middle to front so why not go to a goal they'll probably think the Celtic defence maybe as not settled Ange Postecoglou still trying to find his, his right back four you is know, it getting a bit better of trial do you think area. Starfelt and Carter Vickers is that your two I'd, I'm, I'm not sure if it is getting better Paul I'd wait. the thing that, that would give me confidence about Celtic is that they've got a proper goalkeeper right away that gives uh, me confidence compared to compared to last season in terms of defensive makeup, nah, I still think that there's a, there's a lot of work uh, to be done but they've got a goalkeeper which is always a good starting point Jamie what, what I would say to Mark is well one of them got all got, but if one of them come forward that'll put on to a team of honour with this we've got options we've got middle of front yeah yeah he's no, selling yeah, it well yeah, yeah. yeah you're right you. I mean Graham Alexander is a really good coach manager a lot of time for, for Graham so there's no doubt that he'll have them set up a lot of Motherwell fans inside the stadium tomorrow so, so he'll have a plan and so will Ange Postecoglou, but you're right, Celtic strengths are middle to front if Kyogo is on it. I mean, you look at the potential the front three, Yota, Kyogo and Abada, I mean, that's as good as any front three uh, you'll find. So um, they'll certainly have Motherwell on the back foot. And you said, Jamie, at the top, you fancy Celtics to score two or three. I probably agree with you. The big question is, can Celtic stop Motherwell from scoring two or three? He says he feels that the squad and the, the club is more settled. Right from the start, you know, probably unsettled is the word because, like I said, even just four weeks ago, we had you know, guys leaving who were pretty important players. I mean, if we look at, you know, I think we played Rangers before we went to the break and guys like Odson and, and Ryan who were in the starting lineup left and we lost Kyogo and Cal who were in the starting lineup for the next sort of three, four weeks. So we had guys coming in. Jack and Marcus was doing quarantine this time four weeks ago. Um, Jota and Cameron were still one or two sessions into their Celtic career. So that's why, you know, after, like I said, after the Aberdeen game, I was kind of cross fingers that we'd get through this international period with the guys away coming back without any issues. And more importantly, we could, the ones we have got here who have been rushed in and 
and we're just throwing them into play could get settled themselves even just off the field you know guys who are literally coming here off a plane and we're putting them in the team um you know just have a chance to get settled so i think not just me but i think the whole squad probably feels as i said better prepared than we've we've been before Mark, it's, it's crucial. Celtic need to start moving up the league. What's the position again? Well, Celtic, on, Celtic on sixth place at the moment on, on 13 points. Six points behind the league leaders. Rangers, Motherwell in fourth place on 14 points. So it is vital for, for Celtic to start climbing the table. As you said, Paul, a wee while ago and Jamie's highlighted, it's a massive few weeks coming up between now and the next um, international break. No, October, November, there's a League Cup semi-final in there. You know, Rangers against Hibs, Celtic against St. Johnson and some vital... Um, uh, league games not to mention uh, the Europa League's um, midweeks too so it's good Celtic just need to find a rhythm um, away from home they got it at Petorgi got a win which was significant for them now they've got to go and show like, like I'm saying I think you know, for Rangers to go and win that game tomorrow sends out a major statement Celtic too if Celtic can win tomorrow that's a big big statement for them if they don't the question marks continue and if you if you continuously can't win away from home, yep. Paul. You're never going to you win, can't the win title. a title. It's impossible. Absolutely no chance. Jamie. Paul, can I make a point to, to Barry and Mark? See what Mark's saying there about obviously consistency. Yep. But you're talking about unsettling the first couple of weeks. I just lost a couple as they had a squad to pick. See, I was on before, I was on after the Livingston game. And Barry, Barry will remember this because. He answered a couple of questions. I was talking about Joe Hart mm-hmm. and how a very great saves he made and things like that. And I think that's vital. Obviously, we've got a top quality goalkeeper now. But the thing is, as well, I think, I think with the players coming back, plus the court who's got to have options on the bench, that's what you said, Paul, a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. when we were at Livingston, you said with the options on the bench mm-hmm. against Aberdeen two weeks ago. Made options on the bench so you could bring on game changers. Now that's when things we nearly end there. And I know what I know what Mark's saying about the back four. And I would be surprised if we lost two goals or something more. But I reckon we can score more. Yep, the Ange ball should be in effect tomorrow. Barry, he makes a great point there about they had nobody. Remember the Livingston game? They had nobody in the bench that could come on. A Yeti was struggling. They didn't have a striker. Well, the guy that I thought made a difference up at Petodre was Rogic when he came on. Um, he's, he's got quality. He's seen where obviously they kept the ball. The ball's been moved into him. He's obviously took a great touch, spinned on it and, and played the, the ball through for the... But I think it was Montgomery who crossed it. Um across the, the goal line so look they, they, they have they're now they're starting to get players back mm-hmm. as you say the squad's now starting to become bigger and that's what you want as a manager if it's not going right on the pitch you need to look around and think oh, right, do you know what I've got three or four guys who can come on and change the game for and me and you'll have to think what's going to do with Abada and Forrest because Abada's been one of the successes yeah well I, I keep forgetting he's 19 yeah. if I'm being honest mm-hmm. with you for yeah. a 19 year old to come for Israel and, and perform the way that he's done he, he's certainly He's impressed me. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. He's, he's got genuine pace, but he's he's come up with important goals as well. And Jota looks the part at, at times in games when I've watched him. Bit of trickery, decent enough pace. Um, but that, look, see Celtic, as long as Celtic keep Kyogo and Callum McGregor, they're the two main parts of Posta Colgo's team. Barry, see it, see it, where was you near for the first to call the border? Was you playing near Beaton as a holder? 
I think that made a difference at Petodre. That was the. I think we spoke about it. You had mentioned it, Mark. That sometimes you go away from home, you need to slightly change your your formation and your tactics. And I thought we bringing Beaton and playing with Callum McGregor away from home made Celtic more solid. Because in the paper today, he's saying near Beaton, saying dreading coming back to Scotland. Well, Celtic pays wages, but I know this is kind of headline. Is that what he said? Well, I think what he's saying is because of Israel. To be fair, he wasn't. He was talking about the defeat last week, so it was in the context yeah. of the. Uh, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to wind it up that he's, way. He's a good footballer, Beaton. So would you play him tomorrow then? I, I wouldn't play McGregor, Beaton, Kyogo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. I, I think Beaton yeah. made a difference up at Petodre. I don't he's, know if solid, he's yeah. disciplined, didn't he? Yeah, but he's a good footballer as yeah. well. Sure. He, he knows the game. He's an intelligent football player, Beaton. Mark, would you play him tomorrow? I'd be tempted, Paul. Mm. I mean, again, what yeah. can I, you know, when you're coming back for an international break, the manager's maybe only seeing most of the players for one, maximum two sessions. So he'll assess it all. But what he can do as well, I don't think, I don't think Forrest is available tomorrow, is he a wee bit soon yet? But mm. when he does come back, you know, if a badass continues to play well and that kind of right berth is his, the good thing about James Forrest is, Paul, he can play number 10 very, very well. He can just slot in behind the main striker. And I think, you know, it could be quite an exciting prospect, Kyogo and Forrest together. I could see the two of them really linking up very, very well. Jamie, tune in tomorrow. We're on 2 till 5. We've got John Hartson here and uh, Craig Moore as well. We're going to go to the break. And the near beat on thing was obviously in the context of the international football. Yeah, so he was yeah. being asked, hey, come back to Scotland. And he was saying, yeah, nightmare. They pressured us. You know, they took the points. Uh, but yeah, will he play tomorrow for Celtic? Well, we'll tell you tomorrow at 2. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Thanks, Chris. And the business show on Sunday morning, Hunter and Hockey, 10.30 till midday. And this weekend, uh, the guest is a special guest, Simon Hanna, Chief Executive of the award-winning wholesalers J.W. Phil's Hill. I just about survived it last week. You've got that look on your face you're about to yeah, ask me I've, something. I've still listened yeah. to the download the, the oh. last week. You were on it, Paul. Um, the downloads are going up go? and up and up. I think there's another three people. Do you know they were great? Imagine then it starts out, if, if you want business advice, call, and I said, don't call me, call Hunter and Hockey. They were great. They were very good. We're good. talking about the Kilt Walk, and it's been a, an amazing year. 8.4 million has been raised by the I see you never mentioned it much last week, but you... I didn't want to say too yeah. much, yeah. Plus, we're here for the football. But <laughs> listen, it's a community of people, isn't it? And the people in Glasgow and the West are so generous. £8.4 million for 1,260 charities this year. Amazing. Phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah, can't thank you all enough. And I know you've all contributed. We're all going to do it again. Soon we'll announce for 2022. So it'll be magnificent. And we were talking about, actually, people in Glasgow... Um, and the West it was always the most difficult see if you were a comedian if you came to Glasgow if you weren't any good it was tough to play Glasgow but see if you've got talent people just take to you and support you and people are really generous with the charity so this Sunday morning Simon Hannum will be on the business show 10.30 till 12 with Hunter and Hockey I had to buy the coffee so the meanest sin <laughs> I'm joking they've just given fortunes uh, both of them uh, in the Kilt Walk and elsewhere. What a weekend. Barry, how up is the nation now that we're uh, in pole position in the World Cup? I know we've not talked about it because we've been talking all week about it in the programme, but how would you reflect in the last week then? Israel, the victory, and then against the Faroe Islands. A great camp, six points. That that was, um, I'm sure, the first day they turned up when they had the squad meeting. That was Steve Clark's objective. Um, look, 
it's a bonus if you play really well. I thought the first half against Israel we were poor, we were better. Certainly we came out the, in the front foot in the second half. Callum McGregor and Billy Gilmer started running the show and um, we, we got that vital winner uh, three minutes into injury time and then we go over to the Faroes and again, similar, very poor first half. Slightly better second half but one thing I will say about this group of players, they keep going to the very end yeah. and that's been shown in these last two games and now it's still in our hands. I'm 100% certain we'll go to Moldova. We'll get the three points. Um that we need to make sure we cement that playoff spot and then bring on the, the semi-finals and the finals because we're going to Qatar next um, next December. Certainty of it. Mark? Well, I'd, I'd first want to hold my hands up, Paul, when I, when I look at the first three games of, of the section away to Israel, home to Austria and, and um, it was at the Pharaohs at home. The fact that we didn't beat Austria at home, I, I thought we were finished, Paul. I didn't think we would make it. Um, and I said that because you need to get to minimum 18, maybe as much as 21 points to clinch that second spot. But for the way that Scotland have turned it around, three of their last four wins have been 1-0, um, Austria, Moldova and the Faroes, and then to beat Israel on, on Saturday. So they've put themselves in pole position. They're not going to blow it now. There's absolutely... I'm really confident Scotland will get that second spot and I fancy them to get through uh, the playoffs. But just on Tuesday night, it wasn't great. Of course it wasn't. But I tell you what, I think you've got to give credit to the Faroes. You really have, you know, three or four, I was really taken aback by just how competent, yeah, you could argue that we maybe made them look good, but that said, they imposed themselves in the game at the right time. And there's no doubt in that team, there's three or four players that could come to the SPFL yeah. and, and play for most of our clubs. Well, you look at the record over the last couple of years, we, we take this group stage, the Danes went 1-1-0, Austria 2-0, yep, but they've won the last 15 home games, they've won seven. So that tells you how much they're improving. And they had some, go and look at the, the squad, some of the players are yeah. playing in decent leagues yeah. at a decent level. And um, they're, they're definitely, they're not what they were like 20 years ago when I went there and, and we drew two each. Because uh, they were all part-time now, most of them are full-time. There's real good quality. And that's a great win. Listen, uh, ideal if we go there and play great football and we win 3 or 4-0. But if you listen to Steve Clark in the build-up, he was. Um, he'd said the last time they came to Hamden, it was four 0 but it wasn't an easy four 0 It took us sixty-five, seventy minutes before we actually get real control of the game. So, listen, great six points. It's still in our hands. We'll go to Moldova. The only big thing is we're missing Lyndon Dykes for yeah. me. He's been. I mean, four goals in the last four games. He's turned out for me one of the most important players for Steve Clark hasn't been done since 1969 the former Rangers player Colin Steen, Colin Steen. yep uh, yeah to do five in a row um, yep. which you know Lyndon Dykes if he does play the next time it would be possibly Denmark um, at Hamden you fancy him to get a goal against the Danes but just on Lyndon Dykes he's been the catalyst well, what a find he's been, you know, when you think about people saying, London Dykes, why do we need him? You know, he's, he's Australian, he's this, he's that, he played for Livy, we don't need him. But what a find he's been. Nobody's with, saying with, that now. Nah, without, well, the bottom line is, without him, we wouldn't be where we are. That's the bottom line. And and, and he's given, it, boy, he's a real good boy as well, he's a good type to have about the camp. And I know I said it in, in, in Monday night as well, but on, on the back of Tuesday, just a word for the manager. We've got a, we've got a real good manager. Um, Paul, when we look at his record, you look at how he keeps the guy's calm, keeps him focused, he handles the media well, sends out the right messages, encourages a good atmosphere, he's got five or six sort of leaders in the group, You know, he's we committee that, that he'll consult and make sure that they're happy with things, he's had disruption in his backroom staff as well, he's had to replace two or three, he's managed to do that um, too, so when you look at Steve Clark and, and you assess him, 
He's taken us to, to the Euros qualification for the first time in 23 years and he's he's a couple of games away from taking us to, to a World Cup. When you think on the back of the Denmark game, a yeah. month ago he was getting slaughtered mm -hmm. and look at him. And when they signed his contract extension. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's a great piece of business by yeah. the SFA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he's a top coach. He's a top manager. Just look at his track record. Where he's coached, who's, co uh, who's coached under. Sure. Some great managers. He's coached great players. And what, what a job he's doing. What a job. And we've got every chance. I, I honestly believe that we will qualify. We're going to hear from John Lundstrom in a second or two. Mark, what do you make of Neil Lennon? And he was on the Northern Ireland commentary the other night and he absolutely slaughtered the team. I don't know if you saw that yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Is that an advert for the job that he, he wants to take over? Well, I mean, first of all, what he's doing is he, he's he's given his opinion as a pundit. He's not a football manager anymore at this moment in time. He's a pundit, he's a media analyst and he um, has to have credibility, Paul. And, and if sure. you or any of us are watching that, you, 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 you can't say that black's white or whatever. You know, you've got to call it um, as you see, otherwise you don't get employed again uh, in the business. So if something further down the lines there for Neil as a manager, then good luck to him. But if he doesn't think that's a country, his own country, and if the players haven't been up to it, if the manager's not been up to it and he wants to call it out, then fine because he was called out last season plenty of times. If he goes into a job in two months or six months' time, he'll get called out, no doubt. That's the nature of the business. Other side of the I fence. I think he was calling it, it right because yeah. if you want, it was like two different teams. Yeah. The first half, the the they could have went in easily. Could have. When I was watching it back, two or three nil, yeah. but they went in one nil, and it was like they came out and think, right, this is just going to happen for us. You've got to make it happen. And defensively, they were all over the place, and he's like, he's just obviously watching it himself. He's passionate about his country as well, and he's just disappointed that that they've not been able to, to even challenge for the playoff spot. Um, Man City manager Pep Guardiola says Ferran Torres ruled out for up to three months with a foot injury uh, Sterling hint that he wants uh, to leave yeah. as well and yeah. you can understand it because yeah. he's, yeah. Yeah, he's, 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 he's got a hand can they go and try something different for a player England there's so many great games this weekend can I mention yeah, it was interesting yep. but I was listening to Pep, uh, Pep talking about Sterling saying that he's a massive player for him mm -hmm. um, every player wants to, to play which is only natural but he was rhyming off the players like Torres mm -hmm. Um, Phil Foden Grealish Jesus mm -hmm. yep. he was going on there was another two or three um, and when you're at a top club there's competition for places uh, and he says he loved them and he thinks the world of them but he understands that if he needs to go he'll not stand in his way which which tells you I everything. think that's good yeah, management I mean, he's not going to keep him for the sake of keeping him if somebody's not happy then you can move on. See, your boy Phil Foden's getting a new contract. He's only in 60 grand a week. Oh, <laughs> only. It's ridiculous. Uh, so he's going to get a new long-term contract. He's still got three years left. I don't know what he's on. That was speculated the other day. But it makes sense, isn't it? A five-year deal, Phil Foden. Uh, amazing football. Amazing. Just love him. Every night I just watched before the international break, the Liverpool-Newcastle game. He was absolutely frightening in that game. What, what a player. He's only going to get better. Um, he looks to me if he's a real level-headed uh, boy as well um, and I'm sure Pep will keep his feet on the ground and keep working with him and he's just going to be one of the best if not the best what's on to 200 grand a week how do you spend that kind of money Barry what, what would you know, do I Paul you let me know <laughs> five <laughs> years that's a curry contract <laughs> yeah, exactly, five exactly. years a curry contract <laughs> five decades but it's a huge amount of money for these young players they must have really good advisors yeah, let's hope I'm they sure have I'm yeah. sure like 
the way that Pep comes across, he's a manager that cares about his players yeah. and he'll be obvious. Look, look, that's just the way that football's went. Look, these guys are earning crazy amounts of money. Um, but listen, I'm sure they'll be advised in what to do with it. Is it going to be Brendan Rodgers for Newcastle? Well, you know, it was, it was an interesting uh, line, Paul, again, from the, from the media down south. I always think they're... I think they're very well informed and doing their homework. Really, yourself, that, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Um, Rogers, um, it looks as though he said a wee tap for the Man City job. So, as if and when, or sorry, when Pep decides to call it a day, you are absolutely um, in the frame. So it wouldn't surprise me. I think Rogers is, is tops. Uh, he I think he's got a wee bit of turning around to do it in Newcastle. Um, you can see a wee bit of a pattern where he's brilliant the first two years mm-hmm. maybe he starts to take a wee dip so he needs to go and revitalise re-energise uh, Leicester City uh, again but um, I'm sure if Brendan Rodgers made it known to Newcastle that he fancies it he'd be in their shortlist he'd be in their top four candidates can I see him being the next manager of Manchester City Brendan Rodgers absolutely I can see him being the next manager of Man City see what Scottish football done for him absolutely yeah. of course yeah, well, yeah. listen yeah. He, he got sacked from Liverpool mm. Was he his last home game? Yeah, Norwich. He came up yeah. here and he's won trophies. Um, obviously, got his moved down to Leicester, done mm. a good job. Um, see, Scottish football's not that bad, is it? Absolutely, it was amazing, and the attention he put on Celtic and Scottish football was phenomenal. And then Stephen Gerrard coming to Rangers, you know, the Sky cameras they couldn't get enough of it. You know, you saw the dugouts as often as you saw what's happening in the pitch. And I think that's why it's important. We talked earlier on about Ange Postacoglu. It's about what happens in the pitch, but he's got to get the optics right around them. They need a new energy around the manager, I think, at the bench. They do. And they need a new energy around the football club, Paul. And you said Stephen McManus, and Stephen is part of the new energy. New energy, a young up and coming coach, not somebody you know that has been tainted yeah. with the, you know the, the 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 disaster of last season because he was brought in um, when John Kennedy took interim charge and you know he's, he's no there as a, as a sympathy vote he's clearly got something to offer and the new manager rates him very highly but, I know that for a fact. but well. round about the club Paul it's not good enough no, the Gordon Strachan situation yeah, been a fantastic manager scouting yeah. recruitment chief executive Chairman, all the different ingredients that get in to get the th- the thing right at the moment, Celtic uh, are a bit away from it. And yeah, they're still you know they're still in the semi final of the cup, they're touching distance in the league. But you know, that that's papering over the cracks. There's key positions to be filled, and I think the frustration for the Celtic supporters there is zero communication from the football club about these key roles, and that's not good enough. Celtic supporters have ploughed in thirty million pounds this summer. They spent £30 million in the club last summer to sit and watch a disaster on an iPad. The Celtic fans deserve better. Sounds like a movie. A disaster on an iPad. The story of last year for Celtic. For Rangers, what was it then? It was uh, a great triumph. 25 points clear. Somebody came it could in. have been better. Yep. It should have yep. been better. The Cups. If I'm being honest with yep. you, it should have been better. Stephen Gerrard uh, must be desperate to win a Cup. I think that's something that will be annoying him. Yeah. 100% it'd be annoying me as a player mm-hmm. um, no disrespect to both St Merlin and St Johnson um, but the level that Rangers were playing at last year they should have seen, seen off both um, St Merlin and St Johnson so that's something that would um, I'm sure he want to put right and as a, a player that's something I'd be saying in the dressing room look bread and butter yep we want to retain the league mm-hmm. it's going to be tough but we want to retain that but also we need to we need to go and win trophies be double winners be treble winners We're going to wind up towards tomorrow's games. We're looking forward to every one of them and we're going to hear from John Lindstrom after this. 
The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Thanks for making the switch. We're on every evening from 5 till 7 and we're on tomorrow with the Saturday Goal Football Show. John Hartson, Craig Moore, Paul Cooney and uh, yeah, we're going to take you right through the afternoon. Could be some afternoon. Jika Makis, will he perform for Celtic tomorrow? Here's his manager. George just missed all of that and um, he came in, had to do quarantine. So, you know, it was always going to take a little bit of time. So I'm really pleased that we got this two weeks into him and I think he's happier in himself that... You know, when he gets the opportunity now, he'll be much better prepared to 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 make an impact, and that's why we brought him here. You know, he's to make an impact. We really believe he's he's got the attributes we need. And again, just for me, it just makes you know the world a difference knowing that you know with him, Ajeti, Kyogo, Mikey Johnson back, Jota, Liel, Abada, Forrest not far away. Just you know, even on the bench tomorrow, we'll have a couple of attacking players that I can throw on and, and sort of help us with our momentum late in games, which. We just haven't been able to do um, leading into this, you know, into these games. A litany of players there for Celtic available for Rangers. They've been putting up today John Lundstrom. Um, he's been in and out since he arrived from Sheffield United, and and he knows that it's taken some time. Yeah, definitely. I think I think it was going to take time just to just to get used to the style of play and things like that. But um, but now enjoying having more of the ball. Definitely, John Fiamma strong points is being in possession. So yeah, definitely enjoying that. And Barry was asked the question, what's his best position? Well, to be honest, I played number six, the deep one most of my career. It's only the last couple of seasons in, in the Premier League that I played the more attacking, really, just, just with my energy and, and things like that. Suited suited me gaming in the Prem without faster paces and, and things like that. But before then, I had always seen myself as a, as a deep line midfielder, yeah. But obviously just tried to adapt my game a little bit when I was at Sheffield United, but can comfortably play, play the position. Yeah, that, that's when, when I watched him. Um, when he was at Sheffield United, where I was impressed with him, um, plenty of energy, box to box to box, um, and obviously we're saying there that his his main position is the, the number six. I, I see him differently, um, but look, it's where do you see? To, I, I I see him playing further forward, getting in people's faces, getting into the box, scoring goals, um, and I think over the last few weeks, take the international breakaway, obviously, um, I can see signs what he was producing at Sheffield United I still think there's more to come um, there is definitely a good player and I've no doubt about it I watched him plenty of times mm-hmm. spoke to a right few people obviously we Flecky being one um, I know he's pal with him but he did say listen once he gets up and running um, you'll see a right good player there so there's still more to come um, as I said it's a different style of play up here Rangers have got more possession of the ball Sheffield United they were, they were the, the way that Sheffield United play was totally different to the way Rangers play so it's always going to take a bit of time but you don't get much time so he needs to really start to hit the ground running which I think he's done over the last few weeks Mark it is completely different isn't it he's now played for yeah. the defending champions last year Sheffield United were on the way down yeah I mean he's he's there is a quality player in there that there's no uh, doubt about that and, and you know I think Steven Gerrard's felt it for him I think he's a real sort of passionate defence of Lundstrom uh, a couple of weeks ago because you know the, the, the media have been kind of highlighting okay what is this guy actually bringing to the team the Rangers fans have raised question marks uh, about his contribution um, as well but he's maybe symptomatic of getting into a team this season Paul that's not quite hitting the height so therefore it makes it more difficult 
um, from to do it. Rangers haven't found a rhythm um, yet. You know, the staff players haven't been playing like staff players. So therefore, he's you know as a new signing they're coming in and and he's been assessed. It's a bit like um, what's his name, Starfield yeah. at Celtic. You know, so when you come in, you don't hit the ground running. As Barry knows, it can be an unforgiving mm. uh, environment, and uh, it, it only takes a wee uh, a wee groundswell of, of people to start highlighting what you're not doing and all of a sudden it grows uh, arms and legs. But I like the fact that what's a real positive sign for me in terms of Lundstrom as an individual and, and, and the manager and the club there is actually putting them up to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So for me, that shows that's a bit of progress because otherwise, you don't like it as Paul, you protect them. If you don't think they're ready or whatever, you protect them, you keep them in the road, but you're putting them up in public to speak about why things haven't been quite as good as they should have been and that shows that it's progress that you're yeah. in a comfortable situation to talk about it. Yep, that also tells me that he's a strong character and he can handle it. Um, it's sometimes when a new player comes and they're a wee bit, wow, well, I'm getting criticised here. I don't like that. Um, and he's probably getting used to the fact as he's under pressure, he's, the demands put on yeah. you up here. Glasgow's so different yeah. from Sheffield. Listen, Rangers yeah. are expected to win every sure. game. You're expected yeah. to play well every single game. Down at Sheffield United, it'd be different. They get a draw, they get clapped off. Up here, you get a draw. <laughs> yep, it's a it's a nightmare, and you lose. It's an absolute disaster. Um, so that will take a wee bit of time for him to get used to. But as I say, I've seen signs yet. There's no doubt. There's a very good player in there, and I think he'll come good. No doubt in my mind about that. Going to get your predictions for tomorrow. Shall we kick off at uh, Hebs Dundee United? Mark Hebs are still smarting after losing to Rangers up against uh, an improving Dundee United. Uh, yeah, but Hibs for me at home far too much um, power and pace in the team. Hibs two Dundee United now two 0 quite uh, definite. Barry, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm going to go with Hibs. Um, for me, I, I was impressed with him last week until Porteous get get sent yep. off, um, and obviously Dan McGregor. I think will just fill in for Porteous. So I think Hibs will be will be too strong. Um, Dundee United right, you're both going for Hibs tomorrow what about St Johnson against Livy was League Cup final last year yep St Johnson for me all day they're back on it now aren't they yeah yep. I, I just um, I just fancy I, I just think they're a strong team at home um, as I said the new players at Callum's brought are starting mm. to settle a wee bit as well uh, they're starting to find a bit of form so St Johnston for me Life after Ali McCann what do you reckon tomorrow Mark? Uh, yeah St Johnston on a, a bit of form now Livingston still just looking to try and find that run. talking about Marvin Bartley coming out of retirement um, again to, to start playing but I'll go St Johnston 2 Livy 1 It was great to hear him on last night with Rob and Shelley Kerr Terrific. Is he, he's come now? Yeah is it retired? I don't think. Well, Marfin. it wasn't announced, but he hasn't played at all this no. season. No, so I think they need to be struggling to get yeah. one or two bodies, and so he might need to just pull the boots on to help them out. He's still been training, hasn't he? Yep. Yeah. I mean, fair. He's, so, I mean, he's, he's forty-eight now. But I mean, he's still, he's still, <laughs> he's still got a couple of games left in him. He was brilliant last night. Really enjoyed the show. Ross County against Saint Mirren. Mark, wh wh who do you think here? Oh, hey, I think Ross County are starting to get it together under under Malky, just mm -hmm. taking time to to implement. His ideas, St Mirren going well under under Jim now, but I'll go a uh, one-one draw in Dingwall. You're going for one-one, Barry. What do you reckon? I'm going St Mirren to win the game. Right? Yeah. Yes. Quite definite. Yep. Yes. Scorer as the Jamie McGrath. Jamie McGrath. See, they've made him the biggest offer ever. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. He's a player that um, has impressed me big time. Um, I, I wasn't surprised that there's a few clubs um, trying to get his signature. Uh, so. Yep, it just shows you how much St Mern, uh think of him. And I'm sure they want to get him tied down because he'll be worth a few quid. 
even more money than they paid Frank McGarvey when he signed from Celtic. <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking some of the some of the players that they've had Duke um, uh, um, over the years. Yeah, Alec Beckett and you know, yeah. some great uh, players. Um, Remember they brought in the Spanish over. Oh, Victor, yeah. we've had that was Victor that, Munoz. Yeah, that was there at the time. Victor Munoz, Stevie Archibald. We talk about honestly, God, right, yeah. level of professionalism. Wow. Incredible. I mean, Victor Munoz was 33 at the time, Stevie was 34. But the level of, of professionalism, and they were a brilliant influence on Paul Lambert at that time, and even Stuart Taylor, mm -hmm. who, was a, who was a kid and went on to have a. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you a wee quick story. Victor Munoz went back to Spain, took over as a coach, I mean, maybe Real Sociedad, mm -hmm. and asked Stuart Taylor to get Stuart Taylor, he was 18, said, I want you to oh. come out, I want you to sign for Real Sociedad, and Stuart Taylor said, No, he didn't want to move um, <laughs> away from home. So there you go, that was like, you know, 30. 30 years ago wow. um, and Thomas Stickroth if oh, you yeah, remember, remember Thomas well Stickroth yep. okay. was there and he's what a big Harry Handsome yeah. he was big Thomas we'll need to where, where, where were we? Uh, having a clue <laughs> but I think uh, Ross County St Mirren you're going one, for one. a 1-1 one, one. right we've mentioned them all apart from tonight uh, well no we've actually done Hamilton party what about the 6 o'clock tomorrow night Dundee against Aberdeen you just think about the two managers don't you Barry what do you reckon I'm going to draw are you? Yeah, yes, scored draw. Yeah, wow. Nervous. Mm, no, I think it's going to be on nothing each. Joe Lewis could be back in for Aberdeen. I mean, Scott Brown, I heard him saying that last night. He's never had a run like this, has he? So many, what's that, nine games yeah. without a win. Uh, well, Dundee are desperate to yeah, get points. Yeah. Aberdeen are desperate. Mm. I think it'll end up being one of the games where nobody comes away with the three points. Mm. Nothing each. I'm going to go Dundee nil. Yes. Aberdeen one. Right. No, one you're in, you reckon Aberdeen? Ramirez, yeah, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I think Aberdeen will start. Yeah. I agree about Lewis the Ferguson. tight, cagey game, uh -huh. no, yeah. no one to lose, but I think Aberdeen will just nick it by a goal. Because soon the Aberdeen fans will start to get really fed up with it, with the money that's been spent. Right, the big two. So, Hearts and Motherwell. Motherwell against Celtic at three, Rangers against Hearts. Uh, let's hear from... Ange Postacoglu here is speaking about tomorrow and they want to go on a run. Firstly, we've just got to you know, maintain our performances. Our performances have been fairly consistent. You know, probably you know, our performances have been more consistent than our results for a number of reasons. But yeah, it's important that we, we, we do get some momentum in this period. Again, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. We've still got some you know, challenges, including you know, tomorrow's game, which will be a tough one. But I just feel like the squad's better prepared for what's ahead now. We've got not just... You know, a few players coming back. We've got a settled squad. You know, don't know what the chanting in the background is. Is that the? You got a deal? I don't know what it is. Yeah, Barry, what do you reckon? Motherwell, Celtic. I'm going to go very close. I think Celtic will win it two one. Two one, and you're the winning goal coming from Kyogo, is it? Yes. Yeah. Who? Got to be. Who knows? Yeah, he's a main man. So you think two one Celtic? Mark, what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, very tight. Possibly Celtic by a goal, but I'm going to go a draw, one each. Well, you said possibly a win, but then it, you're going for the draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're Celtic. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I yeah. don't overly disagree with it, but I just think yeah. not at Fort Park. I think Motherwell can get. I think it can be one-one. Okay, let's hear from Stephen Gerrard about his game. No, I think we welcome uh, the challenge. Uh, I think it's more exciting for the league and, and for Scottish football. The more teams that. You know, fighting for, for the title, I think it makes it more watchable. I think it mo makes it more excitable for people on the outside. It's no surprise. I think every club, every manager, every set of players are all living, living and performing and working through a challenging time with COVID that hasn't gone. Um, I'm sure every manager will echo my words in saying that you've got to be ready for curveballs coming at any given moment. It's no surprise that 
you know, the, the top sides in the league are all bunched pretty well up the top. But from a neutral point of view, I think that's very much exciting. From my point of view, I wish we were further out in front, of course. They are out in front, but it's narrow. So, Mark, what do you reckon tomorrow? Rangers against Hearts? I think, first of all, I think the 50,000 fans are in for an absolute belter. Uh, it's game of the day, and I think both sets of, of players are going to deliver. And I'm going to go for Rangers 2, Hearts 2. Oh, 2-2? Two, two. Yeah. On the week when Dersman 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, I think 90. Celtic and Rangers yeah. will both drop points tomorrow. Wow, you are going for a draw. Barry? I'm yeah. going to go to one Rangers. Yes, I think it will be very, very tight, similar to the, the game at Fir Park. Um, but I think Rangers will just nick it 2-1. At the top of the table then, Rangers would stay there. And uh, well, it depends what happens with Hibs as well. There'd be four points clear if they beat Hearts tomorrow. Hibs want to stay in touch as well. It's a brilliant weekend, Barry, isn't it? To have both of them playing three o'clock on a Saturday. How do you feel about that? I enjoy it. That's <laughs> what we get brought up in. Um, yep. Football at three o'clock on a Saturday. That's what you. you I went to the football with my dad, um, watching football in, at three o'clock. So, not great. Top six playing each other, bottom six playing each other. It, it couldn't work out any better. You can't beat it, can you not, Mark? A Saturday, no, it's, three o'clock. It's great, it's got, and yeah. it's a brilliant fixture list, um, Paul. You know, I think yep. every football fan tomorrow morning for for the SPFL Premiership. You know, and in the leagues below, as we've said, the good Championship a right good league one they'll get up tomorrow we spring in their step right. three o'clock on Saturday yeah. go to watch their team brilliant bring it on Barry good luck the match tomorrow against Peter thank Hedge you. thank you you'll be back on Monday night Barry and Mark and tomorrow we're here with Craig Moore and John Hartson two till five thanks James thanks everyone who's called in Stevie Lennon is coming up next the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda Toyota Ford Seat and more Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.